What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This Haber Better Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Sherry's Berries, John. Just go to berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Go to the microphone, top right corner, promo code HAM. And Hair Club. Hairclub.com slash ham. Go sign up today. Now to the seg, Mint. I didn't notice Jimmy Garoppolo in the photo, in the Tom Brady photo, until you pointed it out because I was so preoccupied with Cliff Kingsbury wearing blue, I don't even know, moccasin slip-on shoes. I didn't even notice he was there. Jimmy, Cliff's Jimmy's been, in the Cliff, back. Jimmy's on Cliff's his toes. Been, yeah, well, he had a guy in front of him, he so did. he had to get on the toes to see him. Yep. No, and Gronk. Gronk was at his own party. He's shorter than those guys, right? So you, there's some insecurity when you're a 6'2 guy with a bunch of guys 6'5 and 6'6. Six, six. Cliff has been going to that with Tom forever. If you go back to, like, old photos, I was thinking about this weekend, like, the power of the NFL. Like, Cliff's always been going to that with Tom and those guys and, like, Vrabel. But once you become an NFL guy, it's like, oh, Cliff Kingsbury kind of stands out in that photo. But when he was the head coach of Texas Tech, he did not stand out in the photo. It really is nuts just how much his life's changed from a fame standpoint. And I, I obviously the Kyler Murray then wrinkle added in. Then his like the team he goes to is the number one story in the sport for four months. And really it's going to be a big story this year, right? Because with Kyler starting, it's pretty crazy. Also, good, wonder, to me, a good sign that Jimmy was, you know, because there was some question like, did Tom lock him out of TB12, remember? That's right. No, I saw you make that point on Twitter. It was a good point. I did – um. I just look and I, you know, Tom was the sixth round pick in 2000. Cliff was the Patriots' sixth round pick in 2003. Brady is three years older than Cliff, or two year, two and a half, three years older than Cliff. But they were both sixth rounders. I wonder if Tom just likes him because he was a sixth rounder turned success story. Isn't that crazy? When you just say Brady Cliff, you just assume, oh yeah, same age or Cliff's older. Like Tom is. Cliff was his backup quarterback. <laughs> Or Tom's not even his backup, shit. like his third-string quarterback. I know. That's more a reflection of Tom. Than it, is. it is. He's of, just uh, – the one thing I notice in every picture or every video, Edelman and uh, and Amendola were just shit-faced. I mean, they were just annihilated. And they, at the end, clearly at that nighttime, 
Tom bet Amendola like a hundred grand that he couldn't throw this mini football over the over the roof. And he won the bet. One Tom just casually like, yeah, hundred grand. <laughs> I saw. I'm like Danny, no. <laughs> Has anyone ever casually just said a hundred grand? Like, yeah, just hundred grand. But to me, the, those two were just a wreck. Cougar Linda Instagrammed a picture of those two wreck uh, glasses on Amendola Edelman Castle in the back Brady Bill and Linda. Pretty good photo. Saw Mike Reese tweeted it out. So I, I, McVeigh was there. I didn't see McVeigh interacting with any of these guys. I would imagine Brable was slamming some beers. I don't know where you stand on that, but where do I stand I, on whether or not Brable was slamming beers? <laughs> I, I, I would put him I, high up. I take the over. I don't, does Tom drink anymore? You don't think he had a Moscow Mule or something, a bourbon, a Tennessee whiskey? I don't know. I, I think he's just. How does he eat at these functions? Yeah, lettuce wraps. He clearly likes going to that. It feels like it doesn't it feel like he's been going to this thing for like ten straight years with yeah. the crew? It's really become like you were saying, it's just such a great reflection of him. Maybe or you said somebody hit hit you up for the three and out Middlecoff mailbag with a reflection of Tom, but um Well you gee, he brings your Kobe Brissett. Like if you if you, if he likes you, he, he he keeps you around. He's trying to get in that in that Kentucky Derby club. I you can't think- wait. Good sign, Jimmy still gets invited. Yeah, good sign, definitely a good sign. Definitely because it was sign. it was possible that they just kind of would go their separate ways, right? Tom kind of resented that Bill was going to replace him with him. He thought Jimmy, you know, if he thought Jimmy was a little fraudulent, I don't think he would still fake it hanging around with him, right? Now they do have the same agent, but, but it's just but you look, Tom doesn't have to. No, I don't. Nobody would think twice if he wasn't there, except the people that are there. Be like, ah, Jimmy didn't come this year, huh? I, one reason to psychoanalyze Tom. Like, can you get your invitation revoked, or are you just there permanently? When you get to Tom's success level, and then you don't really drink, you don't get to just fuck around as much anymore in public. So I think he why he likes, I mean, he <laughs> loves Gronk, Edelman, and Amendola so much, because he can kind of live vicariously through them. Like, bring them around, let them be the biggest fucking idiots at the party, and just get shithoused. And he gets to just kind of enjoy it with him. Like Andy Reid's agent, Bob Lamont, is a big drinker. And he's Gruden's agent. He's all these guys' agent. But Andy, you know, doesn't drink or anything. I've always been told, he's never told me this, but he kind of likes, like Bob's coming in, reeks of booze, swearing. Like they, they don't really have that much in common, but he like lives vicariously through them. Yeah. You know, I think you get to that point, you need a couple people like that in your life. But again, you're living vicariously through like the number one agent, you know, Tom's living vicariously through Julian Edelman. But then he doesn't wake up with a headache the next day. <laughs> I know. And he gets to laugh when he's at brunch and they're late and they just sees all the sees all the videos. Yeah. It didn't I, look like Jim, Jimmy didn't have any alcohol in his hands. Maybe he's focused. Yeah, maybe he's been uh, instructed to lock in. Um, <laughs> I saw I, someone tweeted that like Castle in one photo in that photo was between. He's like, no human should ever have to stand between Kingsbury and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not fair to any man. Uh, I did. I do. We're recording this on a Sunday. I can't wait, John, for the uh, twenty-two minute delay in the Super Bowl while we sort out a pass interference. So I, I was catching you up on it. I don't know the first thing about horse racing in terms of the rules. Kentucky Derby is not like big on my radar, although I've probably watched it every year. I just was like, oh, I saw Twitter. It's on. I flipped it on. The race happened. Boom. The guy wins. I changed the channel. And then Twitter, I realized, is telling me that I should go back because there's a, a, a challenge, basically. They go back. They overturn it. The horse that won 
uh, I find Michael the cool, depression I find or whatever. The, I find name the was. coolest part, guys, all these all like Aaron Rodgers, all those guys go. That's why it feels like a big deal to me. Even well, everybody like, that had money, those guys, whoever, whichever one of them bet money, you thought the one horse won, and then they disqualified him after a twenty-two minute delay, and the horse to finish second won because I guess you can't like you can't move over into another horse, and it it's dangerous. Um, and I guess they were. I was reading one story. I kind of did a deep. I was reading a bunch of stories about it Sunday because I don't understand horse racing really. And one of the things they said, one of the one of the jockeys that basically did the challenge because it was a dangerous move, said, "I don't blame. I don't think the jockey moved the horse. I think the horse just moved over because apparently that part of the track they say after you come down that last turn, you come down the home stretch, which is where it happened." you get hit with like this wall of sound because that's where the big grandstand is and it, and it can spook the horses and they think that's what happened. It's just that the, the horse just got kind of spooked. And even when they did the post-race interview with the guy while he thought he was the winner that later got disqualified, he kind of said like, yeah, he was a little shaky there, but he was dominant. Like he was Reggie Bush Heisman, the best horse on so the So are they blaming the horse more than the jockey? They're just, well, they're not blaming. They're just saying they don't, the, basically, the jockey that filed the challenge was saying, I'm not blaming the other jockey. I didn't think he tried, because it's a dangerous move to like move over in front of another horse at the last second like that. And he's like, I yeah. don't think he was doing that. I don't think he was trying to get the horse to do that. That's my thing. Like, If, if he's not, and I think it's fair to say everything I've read that, or just saw on Twitter, was they're basically accusing the horse of cheating? Like, do, no. Do, but, 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 but I mean, essentially, because I think they're all acknowledging, like, I don't, the jockey didn't do this on person. The horse got spooked. But so a horse getting spooked, can screw, like it's one thing if a if a human in a human sport right intentionally does something wrong, like the horse is just running because someone's hitting the fucking horse down the track. How Gotta have better control over the horse. It's, how does this stuff not happen more often? I think it does, and it just it's an automatic. From everything I've read, it's something that you just that's a DQ. Like it, it's just if it was a Tuesday at some random track in Sacramento, automatic. It, it would have, but it was just like, do they have the guts to disqualify this horse that was clearly the best horse? In the Kentucky Derby, Miracle Mile. What was the horse's name? Uh, I, I forget. Destruction, Destruction King, or something. Yeah. I, what did I just call him? Maniacal Depression, or yeah, Zoloff, uh, 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 Amb- uh, Ambient, Maximum you know, Security, I, I, Maximum Security, Maximum Security. Awful horse name. Well, the 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 horse that won, right? Country was House six, was sixty-five to one. Yeah, who had finished that second, has, but then got the is win. That, that has to be one of the biggest underdogs ever to win the Kentucky Derby, even though it didn't officially win the Kentucky Derby. It officially won it, but unofficially it didn't finish first. Did they do the right thing? Like, you know, I've said for a long time, I think the purpose of sports is not to get... We're not here to get it right, necessarily. We're just here for entertainment. Like, the first baseball series didn't happen because people were like, we need to find out who the best baseball team in America is. It's just entertainment. And a 22 minutes re- replay review, I don't care, whatever. It delayed the hockey game, so it, it didn't bother me. But, like, could you imagine if we had a 22 minute pass interference delay in the Super Bowl? Well, well, here's the thing, though, guy. I agree. The premise of all these things we're just going to race. So you finish first. Like, most basic athletic, you know, event, right? He's just running straight. Who's fastest? Yep. Grab a horse. Who runs one. fastest? And then it just developed into different sports. Now baseball, like, oh, gloves and a ball and a bat. It was just 100% just basic entertainment. But that has dramatically morphed. And the amount of money to me that's on the line, I say this all the time, the amount of money that's on the line, I do get in all these sports. And that one, I mean, the, the one of the main premises of fucking horse racing is gambling, right? Mm-hmm. So that's 
it's a big deal to get it right. Right. Like I, I do think because I've kind of come away. I, I wasn't watching this live. The 22 minutes where a lot of people are like, what is going on? That would it feel like when you were watching it. Yeah. Although as someone who doesn't watch horse racing a lot, I was I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed those twenty two minutes of something dramatic happening. But if it was a football game, I would not feel that. Well, who way. was was like Tariko or Jimmy, whatever. Yeah, Tariko uh, and Tom Han- they were all just on, I guess. Yeah, just talking like they're talking about it, going through it. Mm-hmm. I I am a believer guy. I, it sucks, but technology does add a huge element to like why would you not use it? You know. Yeah, to me the argument. And I, and I am totally open-minded in this in terms of this discussion. To me, this, this one this one feels like a pretty black and white one where everyone goes that knows horse racing because the equivalent would be if that was football, every fan on Twitter knows the rule and right. would be like, oh, it's an easy DQ. I think this gets kind of got controversial. But I think also sports imagine fans it's a like you and me who don't even know. But imagine it's a pass, right? But but have gambled a lot of money. There was one guy a rocket mortgage promotion like. They pay off your mortgage, or you get a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars for your mortgage, right? Like they just get, they just give it to you. Well, like different people had different horse. Like the one guy that ended up winning it won it because the other horse got DQ'd, and the then Country House won, and he won two. And they showed him he was going nuts. Like it was pretty cool, but that meant on the other end there had to be somebody else who lost it. Like it's hopefully Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage pays them both. But yeah, I mean, I think the point, it's 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 really hard. Uh, like the when do you stop using replay to me i think we're probably past the point where it has adversely affected the joy that people get out of the sport i think it has negatively affected to a point now the sport like i forgot i'd forgotten until a month ago when i called a college baseball game and there was no challenge and like there was a bang bang play at first and that was the play was over and i was like this is a this is awesome this is awesome it's just it's over the play there happens a, it's done and everyone moves on like i loved it there was a play might have been the four overtime game, like in the late in the game, of the Nuggets Blazers. The out of bounds at midcourt. Yeah, and everyone tweeted. I don't know what you tweeted, but I just remember Marcus Thompson. Every pickup game in America. Yeah. That's out on you know CJ McCollum. Uh, my, my response actually was the opposite. I'm like, well, it did touch off the guy's fingers, so, so it's like I get it, but it touched off the motherfucker's fingers. That's I. So here, hold McCollum, on. So like, this happened in the, this happened in the NCAA tournament. Remember. In a backcourt, I think Virginia chased a guy down. That play is really hard for that ball not to go off the dribbler's fingers. Like Wait, I think is, that ball isn't it, isn't it a good play by the defender? Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, I agree with. Like I think that play is fundamentally it should be the ball of the guy dribbling the ball, right? You agree? Like C.J. McCollum hit it out. I don't remember who was dribbling. Do you remember? Yeah, it might have been like Jamal Murray or let's one say of those Jamal guys. Murray. Like yeah. I, what to me, what is just in the world is that's Jamal Murray's ball after CJ McCollum knocks it out. But I think my guess, John, is if we looked at ten of those plays, nine of them, if we really slowed it down, are off the guy's finger. It just all it's going to hit that yeah. guy's finger last as it's like rolling off his hand. I, I'm with you on the Chris Paul midcourt leap into like you're. Just, what are we even doing? But to me, that play, yeah, like you, because I think the mindset of everyone, this would never happen on a pickup basketball court. Well, this isn't pick up basketball one and two. Like, I don't mind rewarding the defender. Like, I, I was all for the Blazers getting the ball. I, I thought I liked that, and and I'm not. I'm one of those that hates all the other stuff. Yeah, but that's one that I feel like I went against the crowd because I saw everyone hated it, and I, I like it. Yeah, I, I just think, think they got it right because it went off the guy's hand. I but I'm just saying I think nine times out of ten it will just kind of hit that guy's finger last because the ball is on is in his hand. 
But to me, a lot of times where it happens, the ball the ball handler is kind of fucked because he's usually like, you know, with his back dribbling against yeah. like a baseline or something. Yeah. So it's like, I, it's not just the middle of the court because it wouldn't happen right in the middle of the court because if I hit it off you and you're dribbling straight, it just goes behind you. But that's a play. I, I have no problem rewarding the defender. I get I, it. I, I, no, I, I get don't. it. I, like I said, I just think what's, what's typically like, to me it's the same as like when a guy slides at second base and is popping up and like in between the pop up and putting his foot down, he just kind of comes off like a millimeter and then he's out because the glove was on him. Like, come on. Well, to, to me, I, I was watching some highlight of like 80s Major League Baseball. And you know, back then when you pulled the double play, I, I don't even think the guy would get like five feet close to yeah, second base back. Correct, correct. And it was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, not even in the vicinity. And they're like, bang, bang. You know, see, I love I mean, that God, play I, because I, if you're protecting the guy from a hard God, slide. I, you know, I'm saying one thing to like kind of slide over and no problem with that. I'm talking three to four bags over, you know, not even. In yeah, the you world. shouldn't three and to four you know, bags, but I'm in that? favor of that's a bag. The throw for him. I'm, I'm in favor of being a bag off. Like, yeah, well, that's part of the deal is you're not throwing the ball right down the in between the eyes of the base runner, too. Yeah, but I think if you went back and studied a bag would have been would have been uh, close. I, for a lot well, of men. that's fine. I'm in favor of the neighborhood play. I, I like it. It's gone now, and mostly and it is gone now. And I, I hate now that it's you gone. Can, you can review it now if you don't touch the bag, right? Yeah, it's just to me, it's just like that's where the pickup comes into play. Is like the once you put officials in, once officials are involved, now people will try to deceive. So when Chris got that call on Clay, did you see that call late, late in the game? Chris kind of like jumps into Clay. And Clay doesn't. Clay's just like doesn't touch him, and Chris does the flail, and Clay kind of. Clay never really loses it on calls, and he lost it. It was one of those like if you did that and pick a basketball, everyone'd be like, "Dude, what is wrong with you?" They, they tell you to leave. Yeah, like, stop, man. But I, I, I think he's worse than James. I really do. Like with uh, the yeah. with with the antics, yeah. I, I I think you could probably argue he's one of the worst in NBA history with the antics. Right. I mean, he's an he's an all timer. What I don't get about Rockets Twitter is like I, Warriors Twitter understands why other people hate Draymond, and like I always say this example when we were growing up, the Kings like it always drove me nuts that Weber and Vlade argued about everything and then Vlade flopped. I hated it, but Rockets Twitter doesn't even seem to understand why people get mad at Harden. They're like you, you just playing to the rules. Like they don't even get it. Like it's okay if you just stand for him. Like I, that's fine. Like I got no issue with that. But I, they don't even I, understand why. Well, I, I, my. My take would be when you have a guy that's that good is probably going to win multiple MVPs, probably the second best player, like him and him and Akeem by a mile, right? The two best players in the history of the franchise. You just look at that guy with too much emotion. So you don't think straight. I, I And I, I think the same can be said for Steph. Yeah. You know, like there's, it's hard to say bad things about Steph around here. Right. You know, right. that's why it started getting weird. Like last year, like what the fuck's Aaron Rodgers doing? Even Packer fans were like, Steph's still good, but they were in a weird spot. Once you get a certain level, you, you kind of you get the the fans have your back no matter what, right? Like <laughs> yeah. like Tom Brady eclipsed that ten like he's probably the most right in Boston. Six rings, him and Bill are just on a level. They'll go to fucking war for you. Steph's damn close. You know, I think people like Draymond, calm down. You know, no one even says it to Steph. Right. Like the worst thing is like. That was a bad pass by Steph. It, it could be a pass that he throws it out of the arena, and that would be the reaction. Oh, that's a weird pass. You know, just, no one really gets mad at him. He's kind of just the made man. And I think Harden, which would suck being a Rockets fan, because if you're a basketball fan, 
there's part of you that's like, God, this is kind of weird. You know, I don't love doing this, but I'm all in. This is my squad, and he's my best player by a mile. So you, you just roll with that guy. You ride with that guy. That's what sucks when your best player. It's why bad teams, fan bases are just so weird. You know, it's why the Raiders Twitter got so weird for a long. You just get jaded in the way you're looking yeah. at things. And, yeah. if, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers Twitter, you know, when LeBron left, I'm sure it's like the Giants Twitter right now because you don't even have anyone to kind of hang your hat well, on. Well, yeah, because what happens is like your best player, there still is a best player on your team. And you treat him like he's a best player when he's a, he's a sixth best player. Why well, I, I saw the, uh, the Giants rookie minicamp tweeted out this video, Daniel Jones throwing dimes. And I was like, that's I what they the, titled it. I, yeah, I bet the responses of this are either dimes or darts, and it was like a minute montage of just a bunch of guys kind of looking like me and you out there catching balls from Daniel Jones. And I was like, I'm gonna be interested in the responses. But there were some of the responses like, guys, he's a giant now. We gotta get his back. Yeah, you I know, love, he's I our love, guy now. I love that fan. <laughs> yeah, he's our guy now. We gotta support. Right. And then most of them were like. I want to kill Gettleman, you know, but there was, there was a decent amount of like, we got to support this guy. And you just know, it's like this guy of all the athletes in probably sports, that guy's so before behind the eight ball. I feel, I kind of feel bad for him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.